Dante, boy, you nasty. Hey, Chatters. I'm Mia. And I'm Shalon. And this is Group Chat. <laughs> Yow. Hey. <laughs> you guys, we have been working so hard on our intro. You guys know that we're recording remotely now because of everything that's going on. And the program that we're using to record has been giving us a little bit of issues. So it's causing some stuff to be a little delayed. And so it sounds crazy. It's not us that sounds crazy. It's just the equipment I swear to you. <laughs> so we had to drop Shalon off the intro. Right. We had to I had to have Mia just do it by herself. <laughs> it's no long it's a feature intro. It's no longer both of us. It's just Mia featuring Shalon on the intro. Facts. I'm gonna let her talk more during the episode. Though. Facts. Facts. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna come through like Beyonce did on Megan's song. <laughs> Hold on, you ain't about to come take over my intro. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys we have a special guest today we have marvin mitchell he is a financial advisor and he's also the president and ceo of compass retirement solutions in st louis missouri hey marvin hey what's going on shalon how you doing Mia? <laughs> i'm great and you i'm i'm blessed I'm excited to be here thank you it's an honor to be on your, your show heard so many good things about it do you be listening marvin I did. I listened about, you know, for about two minutes of one show, and I was like, okay, I heard the intro. I said, okay, this is fun. I got it. <laughs> Hopefully, it was an episode where our intro was popping and not, like, how it's been. Lagging. How it's been no, the last was, couple episodes. <laughs> it was good. It was, um, it was actually, you know, it was about, I like the diverse range of topics. I saw one about relationships, and I mean, you all just talk about a lot of different things. Now we talked about finances. So yeah, now we talking about money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I could insert a money counter noise. <laughs> ching ching, run it up. So, um, a lot of people, you know, COVID has forced a lot of people um, out of work. Mm -hmm. Um, it has caused a decline in the stock market. I mean, right. it's done a, a ton of things. So, I mean, people have always been concerned with their money, but now more than ever, I've heard, I don't know if you've seen Marvin or you, Mia, but everyone's online talking about stocks, talking about investments. Right. People have seen major falls in their 401k accounts. So I really wanted to bring you on, Marvin, to talk a little bit more about finance and what we can do during this time to kind of just stay afloat. So right. <laughs> I know that I saw a few of your lives where you went live. What would you say would be the best strategy for someone who's looking to get into investing? A person who's never invested, they don't have any retirement accounts. Um, right. What's the way to just get started in this? Well, first off, let me say, I think it's a, it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, I know this seems, you know, it sounds crazy to say that, that people are losing their jobs and the stock market is crashing, but I'm seeing something else. I'm seeing a spirit that's, that's, that's arising in people, especially, you know, my people. I'm seeing a, a spirit that's arising where people are knowing that there's no security in a workplace anymore. Agree. They're seeing that, you know, 
there's not even any security in the traditional advice that they've always heard. Like, you know, go to work, save in your 401k and, uh, and you'll be okay. And these same people who have been giving you those traditional advice, they're in trouble too, because now that people are out of work or stock market is crashing, a lot of people are having to pull money from their retirement accounts to make ends meet. And, um, you know, and they got to pay taxes on that money. They don't have control of that money. So, I think the biggest thing that this has done for me is that it showed people that we're really into a system. We're kind of enslaved into a financial system that's not really benefiting us. Yep. It's really benefiting mm-hmm. the government. It's really benefiting your employer, but it's not benefiting you at all. So one of the things that I'm seeing people do, uh, me and Shalon, is, is they are, it's exciting that people are starting to look at stocks, but it's also dangerous. Because what people are doing is they're pulling money from places that have t- traditionally been pretty stable and they're trying to buy the next hot stock and they're speculating, but they don't have a really good solid foundation. So even if that one solid stock does well, that doesn't really help them because they're not saving enough. They're in too much debt. You know, there's it's a situation where, yeah, you can brag about you making money in one good stock, but what is that really doing for your financial future? So. That's sort of what I'm seeing, and hopefully I'm able to, to kind of inspire some people today to, to do some things differently. So when you um, take a look at a person's financial situation, do you, I know that I've gotten financial advice in the past, right? Um, where I was always told to lower my higher interest debt first. So before going into saving, just make sure that I don't have anything like with 20 plus interest because if I do then it would be best to pay that off first before I get started with investing how do you feel about that so that's true so you know it's definitely true that you don't want bad debt I mean you don't want high interest credit card debt you can't write off in your taxes um, but I, I just want to I want I want people to think a little bit higher when it comes to truly building wealth for yourself and for future generations. I mean, there's really three different types of people when it comes to, um, you know, building money, when it comes to um, how do they, they master their finances. You got to save, I mean, you got the debtor, who that's somebody who, you're right, they're trying to get out of debt. They're following Dave Ramsey's system. They're trying to pay off the highest interest rate first and snowball that over to the next interest rate. Yeah, that's kind of what Dave Ramsey always yep. preaches to do. <laughs> Which is better than nothing. I'd rather for you to do right. that and, and get out of debt than nothing. But I still don't think, I think it kind of limits our thinking. It, it, it keeps us into a scarcity mentality to where we're just trying to battle to stay afloat. And what happens is it's hard to get out of that mentality when you're so used to having to battle to stay afloat. Um, the other, the other you know, type of person is the saver. So the way that the saver works is they're better than the debtor in a sense because at least they're not trying to dig themselves out of credit card debt and out of high interest payments. But they're doing it better, but they're still not necessarily building generational wealth. What they're doing is they're slowly building up their savings. And then when it's time to pay for something, they pay for it in cash. And then they take four or five years to build it up again. And then they pay for something in cash again. The problem with that is they're actually, just like the debtor, they're actually not paying interest, but they're giving up the interest that they could have earned because when they buy that car that costs $30,000, they're missing out on the interest they could have gained had they kept that 
$30,000. So what I'm on a mission to do is teach people how to think bigger, not just surviving, yes. not just getting by, but how can we thrive? How can we build generational wealth? How, how can we create hundreds of millionaires who have millionaire mentalities, not just in their finances, but in their relationships and their mindsets? How can we make that particular person keep growing where they never ever stop the forward momentum of their money, where it continues to grow. Even if they buy a car, they pay that back, but their their assets continue to grow. How can we get people out of the system that the government really has set that benefits them more than it benefits us, that benefits the creditors more than it benefits the debtors? So how do we get out of that mentality and start, start thriving? How do we know that not all debt is bad debt? So let me put that on the table. Mm. So you have bad debt, which is the, like you said, Shalon, the high interest credit card debt. And I agree, that needs to be paid off. And we need to find unique ways to pay it off. But there's also debt that can actually be to our advantage. There's not necessarily, I won't necessarily call any debt good debt, but if there's some debt that you can pay 4% interest for, but it can turn around and make you 10% interest, then that's, in my opinion, well, yeah, what kind of debt is that, Marvin? Because now you're talking my language. What kind of debt where I'm paying four <laughs> percent, but I'm gaining ten percent? What what kind of debt is that? All right, so we got to figure out how can you do exactly what the wealthy people are doing, what the bankers are doing. Mm-hmm. How can you essentially become your own bank, in a sense? So okay. here's what the banks do: the banks, if the banks didn't leverage debt. If they didn't borrow, they would go out of business. So what they do is when you deposit your cash in the bank, they pay you nothing, right? They're paying you 1% now, if that, on your money. And what they're doing is they're taking your $10,000 that you put into the bank, and they're able to loan that $10,000 out, actually more than that, because they can actually take every dollar that you get and multiply it by 10. They can really use leveraging. That's a crazy system. But anyway, they can take that $10,000 and they can do mortgages at like 6%, for example. So what they did was they took your one, um, they paid you 1%, used and borrowed your money and turned around and flipped that and made 6%. Mm-hmm. But they never use any of their own money. They use other people's money. So many people would see that and say, okay, well, if I had a dollar and and, um, you know, if I put in $10,000 and I would have earned interest of $10, but the bank borrowed it at 2% and earned $20, that they made 1%. So I made one and the banks made two. Two minus one is one. Right. But in reality, it's powerful. That, that would be true if it was their own money. But because it was, it was your money, everything that they get is profit. They made $1. But they paid, I mean, they made, they gave you $1, but they made $2. They never use any of their own money. So really they made a 50% return. I know that sounds crazy. That doesn't sound crazy because that's the business model that I built my business on. Uh I never wanted to use my own money. So I just leveraged other people's money to like fund my initial um, like business, you know? And this is kind of making me think about maybe real estate so it could that be exactly yeah because you can let like if you have a decent credit score you can borrow from the bank without using your actual like 401k or your savings 
or any of your own money, borrow money from them at a low percent, and then you, you know, do what you were saying that the banks do. Absolutely. And that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So real estate, right? But when you're, when you're first starting off, you really got to think about in addition to real estate, where you can leverage other people's money, you can get bank loans, you can borrow against, um, you know, certain individuals to go out and flip that and to make a profit, do the exact same thing. But what if, what if you don't have the savings to take advantage of those opportunities? Not that you necessarily mm. need the savings because it's very possible to get into real estate with no money down. But here's, here's what I'm advocating today. I'm advocating that instead of people putting all of their savings, so to speak, in a 401k that they can't touch technically until they're 59 and a half without taxes and without penalties, and even once they do turn 59 and a half, they're still going to have to pay taxes where the government can control how much they tax you. And they have no liquidity. So if an emergency comes about, they have the, this long-term savings plan, but they're going to have to go into debt in order to take care of their short-term expenses. Everyone who is wealthy, they know that cash is king. We have to learn to put mm -hmm. savings before investing, right? You got to learn to build a foundation first and use that foundation as a way to leverage all of your real estate deals, all of your entrepreneurship journeys, and all of your major expenses so that you never stop the forward momentum of money. That makes a lot of sense. And that sounds mm -hmm. so smart. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm happy that you're breaking it down. And I'm sure people are listening. And some people are like, wow, like, that's what I'm going to do. And some people are like, hold on, let me rewind real quick. <laughs> right. Let, let me hit pause and rewind. What do you think? <laughs> so I, I do love that strategy. So is that something that you do personally? Is that stuff that you would recommend um, your clients do? I do. I mean, I do. So I help people to, to really put their money to work. Um, so... I mean, if I can explain just basically the three sources of income so that people can kind of understand what I'm, where I'm going. Is it okay to do that? Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, our, our listeners say yes with us. All right. Well, we got listeners <laughs> listening right now? Okay. No, they're not listening right now, but when they listen, they're going to be saying yes. <laughs> All right. Right. So we got, we got three sources of income. So very powerful to say. I just explained to you the debtor saver and the wealth creator. Yes. So there's really three sources of income. You got um, income from work. Um, that's earned income. You have, that's people at work. You also got money at work. And mm -hmm. here's the deal. So with, with work, you got to be careful because you're, you're not really secure. I mean, you're, you're dealing with life's uncertainties, layoffs, market crashes different things like that. You also have money at work, which are really, we want to be in a place where your money never takes a day off 24 seven. Even if you're traveling, you, you have your money earn more than you do in your normal job. Yes. That's my mentality. You know? <laughs> exactly. So you want, you want to change <laughs> right? 24 seven. I don't care what I'm doing. I want money coming in. That's it. That's it. Yeah. We have to build an opportunity slash savings fund in order to do that, in order to put your money at work. Um, you also have to 
be willing to be charitable, right? So when you do have money, there are essentially three things you can do with that money. You can spend that money, you can lend that money, and you can own that money. So, you know, give you an example. So we know about spending, right. um, lending it. Really, I count lending as if you were putting money into the stock market or putting money into the bond market or investing in the stock. You truly, I mean, it, it sounds like you own it, but really you're not in control of that because anything can happen with the market. So when I say own it, that means how can you put your money into a place that is going to continue to grow, tax deferred, um, you're going to be able to borrow against that money. Um, you're going to have use of that money. So an easy way to remember this is what's called CLUE. I call it CLUE. It's an acronym, C-L-U-E. Anytime that you're building up this side fund, you want to have control of that money. Mm -hmm. You want to have liquidity. You want to be able to use that money. And you also want to be able to build equity with that money. So unlike a bank account where if you you can't borrow against it if you use it you spend it we want to put you into a place that you can actually use your own money like your like a bank use it as collateral so when you need it to use it you can borrow against that money completely tax free so all right i'm, I'm sure you're wondering okay what is it right yes <laughs> all right i'm like hey this sounds good like i'm rubbing my hands together like birdman Right, right. <laughs> right. I'm gonna make you wait just one more second. Look at you. <laughs> the oh anticipation. It's some anticipation. <laughs> All right, first you gotta understand banks borrow money. Right. Wealth creators do the exact same thing. They borrow money and they put it to greater use. Right. Um, the savings or discretionary dollars or ways um that 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 they use also to, to continue to build wealth. So the three places you can put your money is it's going to be in low risk places such as um, CDs, bonds, annuities, life insurance, moderate risk account like real estate, and then high risk is like stocks, bonds, I mean, some bonds and some mutual funds. Um, but what we want to do is we want to have a place that's safe, just kind of repeating this. We want it to be liquid. We want to make sure that they give us a return. So there's a tool that's called indexing. I want everybody to know that there's a tool that's called indexing. So indexing, the power of indexing is that you can actually leverage to achieve returns that are linked to the stock market while your money doesn't lose, which means it's not at risk. It's a place that you can invest your money safely and that's very conservative where you won't lose it. It can compound in a tax advantage environment. You have access to it. It's the best of both worlds, which takes advantage of the upsides of the market or the real estate market without having your principal at risk. Um, you can get the maximum results with the minimum amount of risk. If the stock market crashes, if a pandemic happens again, if a terrorist attack happens, if the market you know, declines or whatever, if the real estate market goes down, you won't lose because your holdings are like bricks. Now, Mm -hmm. What to do and how to participate in that growth without parking your money there. So you're going to participate in there without parking your money there. So this is called the power of index. So if you just so basically we're using a tool that's called uh, high uh, paid up addition cash value life insurance, actually. 
So I know a lot of people just say, what, life insurance? That's not an investment. I, life, I life insurance, insurance is, I would think, uh-huh. would be the best investment. Because even though, I mean, if I had life insurance on myself, which I do, mm-hmm. even though I'm not benefiting from that, as soon as I pass, my beneficiary is going to have all this cash that they didn't have to earn or anything. You know what I mean? So I feel like you could bank on everybody dying. We know that. <laughs> like, I know that sounds morbid, <laughs> but it's true. We're all going to die. So, like, you know that that life insurance is going to get paid out as long as you keep investing in it. That's true, but it's so much more, right? So one of the things I, that, I, that I hope to kind of get out there today is that life insurance it doesn't say death insurance. Even though it provides a death benefit, it's life insurance. So the first primary beneficiary of that life insurance should be you, which means I'm not just looking to wait until you die before your heirs can take advantage of that money, which is still great because we're building generational wealth. I want you to find out a way. How can you use that cash value to spend, to use, to invest? So let me tell you a powerful secret. Again, I just talked about other people's money. There are different ways that you can structure life insurance, and not all life insurance does this. So, for example, term life doesn't do this because term life doesn't build a cash value. You actually pay the minimum amount of premium for the highest amount of death benefit. Um, Now, in doing that, by paying the minimum amount of premium for the highest amount of death benefit, there is a term, which means it expires after maybe 10 years or 20 years, and it goes away. You haven't built up any equity in that insurance, you essentially rented that policy for 10 years. It's rent. So if you own a life insurance policy, that would be whole life insurance because it's basically insurance that will last you no matter what for your whole life. Now, even when you get whole life, you still can't just go to anybody. You can't go to any insurance agent, for example, because there are different ways to structure whole life. You can structure it more for the death benefit or you can structure it more for the savings. So what you want to do is you want to build a program and work with an advisor who can build a program where you actually pay the highest amount of premium that you can, that the government allows, because they do have a limit or else it becomes taxable. You want to pay the highest amount that the government allows and receive the lowest death benefit possible. And by doing so, more of your money goes toward the cash value. So why would you do that? Why would anybody want to pay the highest amount of cash value? premiums for the lowest amount of death benefit because there is a reason why the government restricts how much you can put into it and that reason is because it's good right anytime the government restricts something you need to make sure that you want that you're paying attention to what they're restricting why are they even restricting how much you can put into a life insurance policy they are restricting it because this is what wealthy and wealthy individuals have been doing for years you know you look back to walt disney you look back to if you can remember when when Mitt Romney ran against Obama and they were talking about the tax rates being extremely, his, his tax rates was really low, even though he made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He used this tool as a way to put himself into a very low tax bracket. Uh, J.C. Penney's used it wow. to all the J.C. Penney stores. Um, you know, Walt Disney started Disneyland with these particular strategies. You got to keep in mind, 401ks just came about in the 80s and they only came about as a way for their for the government to control your assets. 
See, hmm. life insurance has always been a place that you can store and stock away and never have to pay taxes on that money again. And when you take the money out for income, you borrow against it completely tax free, which means it's a tax shelter for the rest of your life. It's sort of hidden from the government. It's an IRS code that actually says that life insurance cash value is hidden from taxes, which means that it's credit approved. Nobody can sue you. Nobody can take that money. If you have children, nobody can count that against financial aid for college scholarships. It is basically hidden, right? Mm -hmm. So the other benefits, not only the death benefit, but it, it, it grows tax-free, which means you don't pay any taxes on the growth. And when you take it out, it's tax-free. I mean, you borrow against it completely tax-free. Um, you can use it for collateral. So, for example, if I were to buy a real estate project, this is powerful, what I'm about to say. Y'all listen and get y'all notebooks ready, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let me slow down for this part. Y'all ready? probably the most powerful thing. <laughs> right, give me some kind of sound effect. So. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, she got all the side effects. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, this is powerful. So, let's just say I have $100,000 that I have built up. I have taken the time, maybe five, six, seven, even 10 years to build up this $100,000 in my cash value. Remember the principle, savings has to come before investing in order to make this really work. You are going to earn a guaranteed rate of return on that money of let's say 4%, plus there are non-guaranteed dividends that you can get on that money every single year. And I say non-guaranteed, but they have paid them for the last 150 years without fail. So wait, so you can get dividends from a life insurance policy? Yes. What? It's, you, you get growth. You get <laughs> dividends. Like, like I said, many people don't know that. You can. I've never growth. heard that ever in my entire life. I would have never known that. Exactly. And not only do you get growth, and not only do you get dividends, which they paid it for 150 consecutive years, your cash value is growing. But as that cash value grows, it becomes, it's always accessible to you, even before you're 59 and a half. So if you wanted to go out, Mia, and say, you know what, I'm going to start. Mia, I know you own some some business that I saw. Is it like a makeup line or what is it that you do? Jewelry? Jewelry. All right. <laughs> so, I, so let's mm -hmm. just say you wanted to expand your business. And, it, and uh -huh. you have $100,000 sitting in this fund. And it's going to cost you $50,000 to just do plant a seed in your business that you know is going to make it take off. <laughs> let's say that you're earning 5% on that $100,000 every single year. Tax-free, tax tax-deferred, mm -hmm. no taxes. You don't have to report it to the government. The, so you borrow against that policy for $50,000. When you borrow against that policy, keep in mind what I said. You didn't take it. You just borrowed against it. You used that $100,000 right. as collateral. You actually went to the insurance company and said, hey, I want to borrow some money from you, but you can use my cash value as collateral. Because of that, you use other people's money. You didn't use your own money, even though your own money allowed you to use it as collateral. Right. You didn't That's have so to go smart. to any bank. Right. You didn't have to go to any bank. You didn't have to go mm -hmm. to any financial institution. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to pay a term. You didn't have to pay. You didn't have to do any of that. There was no timeline on when you necessarily had to pay it back. You just took that $50,000 and borrowed it against that. The powerful thing is that $100,000, because you didn't touch it, it continues to grow uninterrupted as if you never touched it because you didn't. 
So the next year, that $100,000 is now worth $105,000, even though you have borrowed against $50,000 to start your business and to expand your business. So that $50,000 that you use as a seed is probably going to, you're going to double that in time because you use it as a seed. Why is it so powerful? Because what if you didn't have this side fund? Good luck going to the bank and trying right. to get a $50,000 loan to, to try to grow your business. And if so, good luck meeting all the regulations and doing all the paperwork. The opportunity might have been gone. That's what I was going to say. So the, okay, so the company that your policy mm-hmm. is through, like your life insurance, they don't have these same no, type of regulations no as regulations, the bank? No credit approval. Um, no, you know, they, they can't even, you don't even have to apply for it. That's the, that's the beauty of it. If you have a cash value that you have built up, which is why this is my number one foundational savings vehicle. If you have this cash value, all you do is say, hey, I have $100,000 in my cash value. I can borrow. I know I can borrow up to 95% of my cash value. So I want to borrow some of that money. And um, and yeah, just I need it. They're not going to say, what's your credit score? They're, they're going to say, okay, great. We'll have it to you in two days. So okay. listeners, what that means is save save, save. <laughs> Cash is king, right? And yes. so, Marvin, <laughs> I know that I, I try to diversify all of my, like, money. You know, I try to have it in different places. But a lot of my money I do have saved in 401k accounts. Mm-hmm. So are you saying that it would be more um, beneficial to me to have money saved in my own personal savings account versus saving that money in a 401k account. Not your own personal savings account because you wouldn't, because you would be paying taxes on that interest, Mm -hmm. but you building your personal bank, which I call this cash value that you're building up your personal bank. And I'm not saying not to save your 401k, but what I am saying is in your 401k, if your company offers you a match, then great. Um, contribute to the match. Right. But if you are the type of person that's like like a lot of people that are contributing past the match inside of their 401k, right. all you're doing is further putting your money in prison. Oh. Because because now you're not going to be able to touch it. Mm-hmm. What just happened recently with the pandemic, people losing their jobs and now they're having to take money out of their account and they're going to have to pay taxes and some people penalties and some people interest just to touch their own money that they've been saving, right? So what you want to do is you want to always have control, use, and liquidity. So if I were you, I would save up to the match mm-hmm. the free money. Right. And in addition to that, I would take the rest of that money that I was allocating toward the 401k, and I would redivert it to build up your savings, which is this cash value policy that will give you opportunities and freedom and prosperity down the line. And it's not necessarily the return on a cash value that's very important. So it's not that we're trying to replace that with investments, but we're using that as opportunities come along to invest because the opportunities come into the hands of the person with the liquidity. That's why cash right. is king. That's what that means. Right. So cash is king and we're using other people's money. If our money is continuing to grow uninterrupted as if we never touched it and we don't have to pay taxes, and oh, by the way, it comes with a death benefit just in case. You know, I died too early. So you see, that, that's, that's the power of leverage. Using wow. other people's money. Um, you that was a true this. jewel. 
Like you're you're dropping real life juice yeah. for free. Thank you. <laughs> so would this be considered like a long term money goal though? Like let's talk about short term money goals mm-hmm. too. Because are you're saying that this is like saving, 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 saving. What are other routes that people can go as far as See, that's the powerful thing. This is a short-term money goal as well as a long-term money goal because the minute that you put that savings inside of that cash value, now granted, in the very mm-hmm. beginning, it's going to be less because of you know the fees of the insurance policy, but but it takes about four to five days, four to five years to really catch up with the amount um, that you put in. But the power of this is that when you put money into this, mm-hmm. you can use that money pretty much after 30 days right away. You can borrow that cash value. There is no five year wait period before you can touch that money. So here's what a lot of people do to use use this as, for example, let's say you are in debt. Shalon, you had a question earlier about how do you pay off debt effectively? Right. Let's say you do have this debt and you're paying it down. You're just paying the interest and you're paying extra payments trying to get this down. Mm-hmm. The best thing to do is to funnel that money through something like this, because if you do, you can actually pay your insurance policy and use that insurance policy to borrow against it and pay off those those loans. The loan is gone now. You just pay back the insurance with interest just the way that you paid your loan, your loan, I mean, your um, debt. And the reason why that's powerful is that if you're using your cash to pay off that debt, that cash is gone forever. If you're using your cash value to borrow against it and pay off that debt, you basically capture that money to a point where it continues to grow, even though you used it. So you're continuing to use it over and over and over. Oh, I see. And to your court, Mia, what about short-term opportunities? Now, if you had a cash value... And you can borrow against that and you knew that it was going to continue to grow. For example, I have a real estate project I'm looking at right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually starting a new policy and I'm going to dump. And, you know, there's a lot of technicalities about how much you can put in there, but that's something that I can help you with offline. But I'm actually going to dump some money into this cash value. That means Marvin it's a said dump. He, that means it's a lot of money. <laughs> he ain't say spread. Right. He ain't say put. He, he ain't say put. It was no right, so, so basically, okay, basically put it like this: If I wanted to, I could pay cash for it. Right. But I don't want to use my own money, and I want my money to continue to grow. So I'm gonna put dump, however you want to say it, that money into <laughs> that cash value, and then I'm immediately gonna borrow against it to buy that real estate property. And I know that that loan that I'm getting from the insurance company is only going to be, you know, five or six percent. But I know I'm going to make like 10 to 12 percent on that real estate property. So with that being said, I, I'm, I'm capturing that spread, but I'm not using my money. So really, it's more than seven percent that I'm earning. It's really like a thousand percent or something like that. that I'm and that, my because friends, I'm using other people's money. That's wow. how you make your money work for you. <laughs> exactly. You don't use yeah. your own money. You use other people's money. You have to start with a savings versus an investment mind frame. You have to be willing to unlearn a lot of the things that traditional advice has given you because all of my friends who are multimillionaires, they did not take the the route that that they teach you to take. And I don't take that route either. So, So, and you can use this for other things, college savings. You can borrow against it to pay for college. You can borrow against it for 
if you do get a hot stock, I don't necessarily, I'm not a fan of using this to speculate on hot stock, but if you wanted to use it for a hot stock that just went down in value, you can borrow against it and pay it back at the stock profits if you have like a sure gain, which there's no such thing of a sure gain, but I, I did. I, I did do Did this. you do I Bitcoin? I did. I figured so you did. <laughs> I did Bitcoin, but let me tell you what happened with that really quick. What, ha- what happened? <laughs> so I put in like 20 grand into Bitcoin mm-hmm. when it was like low. It was like 1500 or 2000 This was back in, this is back when people first started talking about Bitcoin. Right. And that money grew. That $20,000 investment, it grew to 200 grand. And when it grew to 200 grand, that's when it hit its high point. It was like 20,000. Yes. And then I went in and I said, okay, that's enough. (laughs) I said, I'm about to go ahead and sell my Bitcoin. So I went to sell that Bitcoin and then they only let me sell $10,000 at a time. So I could only sell $10,000 of that Bitcoin. So I did sell $10,000 and then like the next day, Bitcoin started to like go down. So then that two hundred thousand dollars eventually went down to like forty thousand before I was able to get all of my money out of it. Wow! And then what makes me so mad about it? I later found out from a friend that I could have just requested for them to let me sell a higher amount, and they would have approved it. What? I was like, shit. That that is why. If you guys are listening, um. I don't know if I talked about this in my business episode or not, but this is why it's so important that if you want to learn money, you have to study money because certain things like this, you wouldn't know. Like these are gems. Like all you had to do was ask (laughs) and you didn't know that. Like that, that little bit of not having that knowledge costs you so much money. Like $130,000 or so. And y'all ain't going to be cost that amount of money because Marvin already told y'all all y'all have to do is request y'all money or request a higher sale. Exactly. But no, I did buy some stocks this year. I mean, some more stocks this year. What like, you what you buy stocks in, Marvin? What you what you looking at? <laughs> I mean, I bought um, Zoom, of course. And Zoom has done well for me. I did that when the pandemic Wow. And... I bought Netflix again because I usually own Netflix, but I sold it. But I went ahead and bought Netflix again. And I bought, um, what else did I just buy? Shopify is one that I bought. Oh, yes. That was a good one because everybody is opening businesses right now. Yep. That is so, so smart. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about Shopify. So Shopify was a, was a good one. And um, hold on. Let me look. I can actually tell you. Let me see. Y'all hope y'all still got y'all notepads out. <laughs> Cause look, this is this is a golden episode. And I bought um, Facebook. Facebook has been killing for me. Okay, Facebook see, I is. wanted to ask you about that. So, mm-hmm. you know how Facebook is. I think Facebook is a good stock to invest in. I'm not, you know, stock savvy. I don't know about stocks in the same way that you do. Um, I just kind of like watch, like trends and things. Right. So one thing that I've noticed about Facebook is they're like really big on like stealing ideas and getting all the ideas for their website. So one of the reasons I was going to purchase um, stock in Zoom, but then I had read an article that said Facebook is going to try to get 
their own version of Zoom. So I'm like, mm, yep. I don't know if I should do that because I don't know how long this pandemic is going to cause people to be working remotely or learning remotely. And I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Zoom will do fine, but me personally, I feel like the safer bet is in Facebook. Yeah, I mean, here's my, my rationale behind um, both Zoom and Facebook. Zoom is like an industry leader. I mean, you're, you're seeing, they're, they're, they're getting cool just because of the fact that you're actually seeing like celebrities and superstars taking pictures together on Zoom. You know right. what I mean? That's like unsolicited marketing. Right. Like, it's almost like you had to be on Apple's level to get, or Jordan's to get that kind of endorsement. They're getting yes. those endorsements for free because there's no other choice. Right. Then you got, um, and I think that this world is going to change after this pandemic. Like one of the things yes. that I'm proud of is that you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs that are working to come out of nowhere. This world is going global. People are learning that they don't need to necessarily have a brick and mortar. They can actually make money just online. They can do different things like this. So with Facebook, because of that, people are going to start be thinking, thinking more globally and they're going to um, buy Facebook ads around the world. People who didn't buy Facebook ads before, like people are going to be dabbling into that now. So yes. I, think, I think both for a good bet. Um, I bought this other company called um, MTDR, which is um, which is Matador company, and it's MTDR. That's like a gas company, uh, an oil company. That's back when. So you got to understand that in order to invest, you have to move toward something that everybody else is running from. So when the oil price was like going down, everybody was like, "Oh, oil is tanking." I said, "Really? That's an opportunity. Let me buy some oil." So I bought this oil and um, I bought it at $2 a share. The reason why is because before it tanked, it was like at $35 a share. Yes, I'm looking at that right now. <laughs> yep. It was at it, a higher it, value. And it dropped down to like $2. So I was like, ain't no way that's going to stay at $2. So right. now it's at $7. So I've like tripled my money in a short amount of time. Yes. In like a month. Now I hesitate to say this, but mm. the reason why I'm able to do this is because I took the time first to build my savings funds. I think the problem is, is that too many people, before they really build that solid foundation, is going to work for them over and over and over and over again with the power of compound interest. They go and they try to buy all of these high stocks, and not all of them win. So, I mean, I bought Boeing, and Boeing stock, I, I still think it's a good, good long-term bet, but I bought Boeing stock, and I've lost about 25% on that stock. So what if that one stock that you pick is one that, that don't do well? So you gotta, don't speculate until you have the the foundation to speculate. I always look at the stock market like gambling. Like that, is. this is my gambling money. <laughs> right. Well, okay, Marvin. So Thanks. on group chat, we do like, you know, to give our viewers good information because we want <laughs> All of y'all pockets as fat as Marvin's. <laughs> Look, we want y'all all to be like Marvin. <laughs> we want y'all to, to dump run money wherever y'all need to dump it But, at. you know, we also play games on group chat. <laughs> okay. So, so the game that we're, yeah, you know, all work and no play, you know, we, we ain't really with that. <laughs> Let me give me a drink then. No. Ooh, okay, <laughs> yes. Get your drink ready. Get your drink ready. All right, I'm ready. So this game is going to be called Take a Seat. So you're going to tell us who you would rather have a meeting with out of these people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 
Go ahead, Mia. Okay. So, would you rather take a seat with Bill Gates or Bill Clinton? Man, I would have to say, I know y'all would think I would say Bill Gates, but I would have to go with Bill Clinton. You want to yeah. know what happened with him and Monica Lewinsky? Exactly. Are I mean, you I tell me the scoop. <laughs> like, what happened? Like, like, how did you get away with it for so long like... in the White House with all of the secretaries <laughs> and and the, and the secret service? Like, you had to have some secret service, like covering. For yes, you or something. Like, I'm did sure. You, you had to be a powerful man. Like, that remind me of you all said. I saw the Oval. Tyler Perry. Yeah. Like. You had to be powerful and had to have a lot of people coordinating that in order to make that happen. And you was married to a person that lived there. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that yeah, is so crazy. I would say Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton know how to play the saxophone. He's, you know, just seemed like a cool, genuine person. He the first of president that admitted to smoking weed. <laughs> exactly. I feel like I can watch Bill Gates on YouTube. Or right. You can get all the information you need. He ain't going to give you the real, right. real. Bill Clinton might give you the Bill Clinton will give you the real. Okay. Right. So the next one is CEO of Nike or CEO of Latuan. See, <laughs> I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to go with Nike. I was I was thinking maybe Louis Vuitton, but nah, I'm gonna have to go with Nike because they found a way to take something just as simple as a tennis shoe, promote it to make it cool, and sell millions and millions of dollars. But Louis Vuitton, they did too. I mean, I don't know how they got women to spend. I don't understand how these designers get women to spend two, three, four, five thousand dollars on a bag. It's psychology. Yeah, and it's the women wearing the bags that are promoting the other women to get those same bags. I think part of it. I think it's it I think it's so cool the different strategies that both companies use. Like mm-hmm. Nike is is just renowned for getting like endorsements, you know what I'm saying? So they pay all these athletes to you know endorse their brand louis vuitton i think is very unique in all like high um really high fashion brands they have created um it's it's just more like a secret society you know what i'm saying like they don't have to have all these people endorse their brand they are letting consumers endorse them sort of like you said about zoom that's right. kind of what those higher brands do. It's kind of like um Apple. You know, Apple came out. Simon Sinek did a, a TED talk that says start with a why. And it's like, it's not what you sell. It's why do you sell it? And how can you move somebody towards your cause? How can you make your cause a movement? Yeah. Like Nike made Jordans a movement. Right. Yeah. You have people lined up to get Jordans. So, yeah, I, I think that's cool. Cool. Okay, so the next one is Barack Obama or Nelson Mandela. Oh, this is. A, I'm gonna have to go with Barack Obama just because he's still alive too. I mean, if they were both alive, I would still say Barack because Barack really, like, he was a person in my lifetime that like truly inspired me um, to do what I do. Like when he became president in 2008. I remember I was like in the industry, but I was still, you know, in my rookie years in the industry. And at that time, I still had this this limiting belief that, well, I'm black. I'm a financial advisor. Who about to give me all of their money? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, it's like I'll get some money, but who about to give me multi-millions of dollars? I mean, that was my belief system. And when I saw Barack run, even when he was running with the Yes, We Can, it like truly 
lit up a fire in me and I was like, man, he can do it. Yes, I can too. So right. I walked through the neighborhoods proud, knocking on the doors. And, um, you know, when he was running for president and it just really changed my belief system of what's possible. So that is important. That's so important. I love mm-hmm. that you said that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the next one is Chris Jenner or Tina Knowles. <laughs> Who parents? <laughs> Okay, let me see. I mean, I don't see why I would need to meet Chris Jenner. So I would have to go with Tina Knowles just because it's Beyonce mom. Right. What did Beyonce eat growing up? What'd you feed that girl? Right. (laughs) Are you a Beyonce fan? I am. My sister, she's like, she's like part of the beehive. I even think she got a bee tattooed on her. We are part of the beehive too. We don't got the chat, but Right. I mean, it's like Beyonce is just, but Beyonce is just not even, you know, her beauty and everything, her work ethic. When I yes. watch the documentary on it, it's like, you know, any of those two, Michael Jackson, if you look at his work ethic, Virgos. Like people, look, look, Marvin, Virgos. I'm naming Virgos. <laughs> you know, we Virgos. I don't know. What are you, Mia? You know what? Y'all could kick rocks with no socks. <laughs> I'm a Capricorn. Virgos, we got it down. Capricorn's cool. But Virgos, though, we we, we definitely got, work we really hard. Sick. We have a crazy work ethic. And we, are you guys really about to double team me right we now? We expect perfection. That's all. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Even we, though we know afraid. we can't attain it, we still strive for it. Yes, yeah. which is hey, very we, annoying. We, we can have fun <laughs> we and re- relax. We can have fun and relax, but at the same time, when it's time for business, it's almost like. Like Beyonce, she got Beyonce and she got what Sasha Pierce. She's on stage, she's a different person. It's like when yep. it's time for us to perform, yep. we're gonna turn it on and we serious at that point. We did yeah. Capricorns are just Sasha Ferris all day. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's a good point. But we still know how to get money at the end of the day. But, but that's exactly. fun. we got Sasha Ferris our way through it all. That's what's up. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. Okay, okay. so what what's the got? last one? The last mm-hmm. one is yourself in the 10 years in the past or 10 years in the future? That's a good question. Hmm. It's really difficult because I always try to train myself is not to think too much, not to look back on regrets from the past and not to look forward to the future because when you're looking too much in the future or looking too much at the past, it creates fear and uncertainty mm-hmm. and it clouds me and I really just want to try to live my life in the present. Um, Answer like- this as a Capricorn. What's that? Not a right, because we got to analyze it, right? Yes, we're so <laughs> analytical. We can't help it. All right, so I'm going to have to say I'm excited to what I'm going to see in the future. I wouldn't go back 10 years because who knows what the heck I would do knowing what I know today. And it probably would backfire on me because then I would start, you know, I might get in trouble. Who knows? Right. You, you might now, do some insider trading stuff. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I might be thinking, hmm. But now, 10 years in the future, like, basically, which kind of leads me into, you know, my mission. So I got a mission that within the next 10 years, I actually wrote that down. So it's funny that you just said 10 years. I wrote this down before this call. I said, you know how I am, Mia. Right. (laughs) What's that? How are you? Tell me. It's just, (laughs) I'm like always in sync and whatever like I'm thinking or saying like it's just always going to match up. Yep. Yep. 
I told you that before. before yeah, you, I think we had this conversation. We did. We did. <laughs> <laughs> so back when I used to talk to you, I mean, we used to be really good friends. I'm just playing. Back I in the day. Power, <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> so I have a, a powerful movement that I'm actually launching to create 200 millionaires within the next 10 years. So, you know, my goal in 10 years is to look back and say that I failed at that goal. I didn't create 200 millionaires. I have to create thousands and thousands of millionaires. And these 200 people um, are, are going to be people who maybe even listening to this podcast. They say they're tired of the system. They're tired of the traditional Wall Street advice that has that's failed just way too many people. And they're really ready to take a stand, not only for themselves, but, but for generations beyond them. And they believe that it's their ethical responsibility to be the best that they can be. They have the ability to retire early and enjoy financial freedom, mm -hmm. but they will possibly never retire because they love what they do. And really, I want, pe I want people who they want a plan mm -hmm. that's not dependent upon, you know, their family, a job or the government. Um, and they know that wealth isn't just about money. It's about relationships and they're willing to give back both wisdom, charities and organizations. So. This is a this is literally what I just it, it was a light, light bulb that popped up in my mind and said, I want to take everything, all the knowledge that I've learned, all the money that I've lost over the years and I've lost, you know, I might have what I have now, but I've probably lost about 300 grand mm. um, over time on just bad decisions because there was nobody to teach me. initially. I was reading from books. I was going on YouTube. I was. You know, I didn't have anybody that really taught me. And I'm the first person in my family to go to college. So I grew up, I grew up poor in the inner city. And everything that I did, I kind of learned through trial and error and just God bringing the right people to me, you know, in the right time. But I'm, I'm wanting to be that person that says you don't have to. You can get to where I am and beyond where I am without the struggles of what I had to take to get here. Right. Um, Making you know things easier. So this is what I'm looking for. This is my call to action. I'm looking for people who are willing to unlearn things that they think is true. Because what if you, what you thought to be true turned out not to be true? When would you want to know about it? You know, I'm looking for people who are willing to sacrifice a little bit, um, make sure that they save before they can invest. And when they do save, I want to make sure that they save enough. Um, these people have to be um, these are people that, that may be frustrated because they take on too much bad debt, debt, they give up liquidity control, they pay too much in taxes, they take unnecessary risk, and they're basically stuck in a system that doesn't really want them to win. And these people, they have to be 100% responsible, they have to be committed, they have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit, they have to be coachable, they have to give up an entitlement attitude that everything should be given to them without work and sacrifice. They have to have a vision and they have to accept responsibility. So. If you're looking to get on that train, because this is about to be a movement, I'm telling you, I will create at least 200 millionaires within the next 10 years. For and sure. I'm going to be one of them. And right. I'm going to be two. All right. All right. I'm going to tell so, you. You're going to have to. So all you need is 198. He's looking for 198 people. All right. <laughs> so you hear that. So we're running short. We got and two people this morning. I told two people, my sister and one other person. They agree. So that's 196. So we got 196 spots available that we're creating 200 millionaires. So if you're interested, you can go um, to actually I got a website, but that website literally just got it today because this is just launching. 
uh, it's going to be the road to prosperity. Okay. So, but anyway, so we'll put anyway. that website. Um, if you guys are listening, just go to episode information or details and the website link will be there, but give them my, um, my Facebook. Okay. So, now, what, so what, where can they find you at? What's your you Facebook? You can find me on Facebook, Marvin Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Just send me a message. Um, and you can even put, I don't know if you can put a link to that or not, but, um, that's probably the easiest way for right now to reach me. Go to my Facebook. But again, we're launching this big thing where the website is going to come out. I'm going to I'm going to do a huge launch for it, and um, and you're going to have more information. But my my Facebook page will be the easiest one. Or just reach out to Shalon; she can get you in touch with me. Look, why, okay. Look, I'm the go between. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting you to work. You're the other you're, people's effort. Look at you! Look at you! You're the life insurance company. Yeah, I, I do want to point that out, though. I do want to. Yep, you're right. So I like that. <laughs> he's very box. smart. Mia you is are very the smart. <laughs> she catches on to, to, to borrow this intellectual capacity from me while I continue to grow. Facts. Like, Facts. But um, but now this was this was exciting. Um, this is definitely exciting. Um, hopefully, hopefully this was good information that helped out a lot of people. Well, we are so happy that you came on, Marvin. I knew that this would be an episode full of jewels, so I'm so happy that you were just so eager to come on, and you dealt with all of the craziness we had before we started recording, because you know that we're still trying to work out the kinks with this virtual recording situation. (laughs) But we appreciate you coming. Thank you so much. I want to thank also Dante for our intro, because... You know, that's really the only thing keeping us going, Dante. That's the only consistent thing that we have right now. <laughs> right. Is the, Dante the on the beat. <laughs> Mia, Can do I you say, wanna... go I'm ahead. sorry, I forgot to mention this. Get my book. So I got a book out. Yes, um, get your book. It's called Retire Early. The Nine Critical Decisions When Retiring Early. It's called Retire Early. You can look that up on Amazon and post the link for that. Yeah, but we'll I'm post that write, link. I'm actually in the process of writing a new book called the um the road road to prosperity where it's more so geared toward younger people and it's going to be a lot of the concepts that i've talked about today that's in publication right now but that probably it's probably about four four months or so away from release so just keep that in mind as well okay cool look martin you are just like the modern day renaissance man you you got it off. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, so, like I said, I look at both of y'all and admire what y'all doing. I see uh, the jewelry, and I'm like, man, this. I said those are some cool pieces. So if y'all not doing it right now, I'd be surprised with y'all products if y'all not millionaires already. But if not, y'all about to be real soon. I accept Yay! that. And thank you for speaking. I that, I take all of that in because that is the spirit that I've been having lately. I feel like I'm finally ready. I've done all the work. Like I've done so much work emotionally, mentally, and everything. I've done all the work. So I feel like now I'm ready to be a millionaire. And plus, I'm trying to dump some money into something. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so Mia, do you want to tell him tell uh, where we can find where tell our listeners where they can find us? Where they can find us? Okay, so they can find us at groupchatpodcast19 at gmail.com is where you would send your music to. We would love to hear it, and we do need new music to put on the end of our episodes. Um, our Instagram is group chat, the podcast, right? Yes. 
Um, Facebook is GC Podcast, and then Instagram, Shalon's personal Instagram is S H A one O N, and then my Instagram is Mia M E A Moore M O R Davis D A B I S. Hit me up, holla at us. Y'all know I like to talk to y'all, and we will talk to you guys next (laughs) Monday. We're gonna have another cool episode for you guys, so stay tuned. Y'all, goodbye. I got these bitches mad, I know that they upset I'm stepping to you hoes, I'm stepping on they neck They really love Boss B, they may just be obsessed I keep these hoes in check, I'm all about a check I got these bitches mad, I know that they upset I'm stepping to you hoes, I'm stepping on they neck They really love Boss B, they may just be obsessed I keep these hoes in check, I'm all about a check Boss B, they may just